Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. All right, let's get out to our premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline where we are joined by the pre and post game show host for the team with the longest winning streak in all of baseball right now. At least tied with the uh, Braves and the Royals at three in a row. Sam Levitt is with us here on 97.3 The Fan. Sammy, good morning. Good morning, guys. So you know that we've been talking about this nickname. Well, we haven't talked about it in a while, but going back to spring training, Champagne Sammy, right? Yeah. So if the Padres win today and get their fourth straight win for the first time this year, I mean, does that call for for some sort of – Champagne. I, I'm down. At some level. I'm, I'm suggested. It I suggested at it least like mimosas, a, a mimosas, <laughs> or something. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 been ever elusive, and and I'm it's probably the reason. I mean, obviously, it's must win game. They're all they all feel like must win games right now. But maybe we get some of that eight dollar prosecco from Total Wine yep. and More. I was talking about. You could do that. You could do that, Sammy. But Italian sparkler. The uh, the tone certainly has changed uh, t- changed around us changed around you i'm sure probably some of the the post game uh calls and whatnot sammy for you uh after a really nice sweep of a really good baseball team um and and, and probably much needed for your mental health as well as ours and our audience as well yeah i think the tone has very much changed from where they were at at the end of the pittsburgh series and i, I felt that this weekend from talking to people around the ballpark, to talking to fans, to interacting with people on the post-game, social media, all of it, I I felt that change. I mean, I felt like at the end of yesterday, there were a few people that A, wanted, or B, really believed that this team should be selling pieces like Snell and Hayter uh, before Tuesday afternoon. And at, at this point, you know, I, I think entering the weekend, I was still sort of on the fence having a belief that this team had a run in them, but also understanding that there was a really pragmatic way of looking at things and um, and understanding that the, the wise move may be to sell on a couple of those pieces and, and get some return back. And I think it's really fascinating when you, when you think about what the Mets have done uh, really this weekend as well, and we can get into that. But, you know, for, for me, I, I find it very hard to believe after this weekend that this team is moving those pieces based on what we heard yesterday in the clubhouse, based on the fact that it hasn't happened yet, and the, based on the fact they're five games out and they continue to pitch at a very high level. I think I said this to you guys a couple of weeks ago. To me, that's a, a really, really important part of the idea that they can go on the run that's required. The fact that they have such good starting pitching and 
what a job they did this weekend in that department with what Musgrove did on Friday, Darvish on Saturday. Look, Blake Snell, obviously the walks are too high, but the name of the game is not giving up many runs, and he has been excellent at that this season. So, you know, I think from a from a realistic, you know, I, I, I'll put it this way. At the start of the weekend, I would say the idea of not, of not selling guys like Hader and Snell was probably a little bit more of an emotional reasoning than a practical reasoning. But I think you could make the case after the weekend, and it sounds a little crazy because it's just three games in an 162-game season, but I think you can make a case right now, the way they played the fact that they're five games out, that that emotional reasoning now feels a little bit more practical, and especially with the way the teams ahead of them are playing right now as well. And they have a good opportunity here against the Rockies. I mean, I made a joke yesterday that, you know, all of San Diego was cheering when they found out they wouldn't have to face C.J. Crone yeah. uh, this week in Colorado. They've got guys on the IL uh, that have heard him in the past. So good opportunity there. And then obviously – uh a big series next weekend against the Dodgers. But this thing is further taken. It really is. And, uh, you know, I think you guys have echoed a lot of what I think, uh, you know, earlier this morning. And that's it's, it's, it's really hard to imagine guys like Snell and Hayter going at this point to me. I would be shocked. And I think now the question becomes, okay, so if they're not moving those pieces, what do they do? And that is a really fascinating question because I think all of us, sort of believe it should be at bare minimum stay pat at you know at most add a a bit here and there you know maybe a bat maybe a relief arm maybe even a starter that eventually you could push a guy like Lugo to the bullpen down the stretch but you know uh you know you never know with AJ Preller right we've seen it before I mean would it would it totally shock anybody if something comes out of left field right and and all of a sudden they're acquiring a a big-time name for something. I mean, it wouldn't shock me uh, based on what we've seen in the past and, and what he's done over trades and, and free agency and all of it. So very interesting 48 hours, or sorry, not 48 hours, uh, a little bit more than 24 hours uh, until we find out what exactly they do. No, I agree. I'm sorry, uh, talking to Sammy Levitt here on, on Ben and Woods this morning. And, you know, amongst the many reasons I would not be a good GM is that I, I'm I'm not super pragmatic. And, you know, I, I, I do see people wringing their hands right now like, oh, AJ, if you don't sell, you know, it's going to be malpractice. And, you know, you just, there's honestly no way to tell. We're facing a guy, yeah, I, we're facing a guy tonight that's a really, really good example of, of that. Uh, Nolan Arenado traded from the Rockies and uh, they attached $50 million, I think, to the deal. But they, he went to the St. Louis Cardinals and they got back one of the uh, Cardinals' top pitching prospects in Austin Gomber. Now, he pitches in Colorado. You always got to wonder what his career would have been like had he pitched somewhere else. But they needed pitching. He was a young, um, hot name for them and has not has not done really much. And he's going to keep getting opportunities because why? Because he was traded for, for Nolan Arenado. So there's always the potential that, that the guys you get back do absolutely nothing in the show. Yeah, and, and that's a, a, an important point, and, and I want to make a point on it with the Mets from this weekend, too. But but first on like this idea that it would be malpractice not to sell, I, I just disagree with that. You know, you've got two months left. 
you're you're five games out. You've got a team that I think we all think has the talent, the pitching, everything it would need to go on a sustained run, okay, even if they didn't really add much, okay? We've all been waiting for it. I think for the most part, even 100-plus games in, we've all believed that the talent, the underlying trends were there, right, for them to be able to go on that run. I, I You know, these seasons are precious. When you're investing the type yeah, of money this, this team has in this group, when you have the I, – I know this is emotional stuff, like talking about the ballpark sold out and what these fans have done to support this group. But you know what? It's sports. It's not always this practical, like, well, uh, if you can get this for this and get this asset for for this player, I, I don't think it always has to work like that. Like, yeah, are the what the Angels doing a little bit crazy? Probably. But you know what? They've got a once-in-a-lifetime player right now. They seem to be trying to do their best to get to the postseason with them and maybe try to keep them. And for that, at the end of the day, while maybe it's not the smartest thing in the world in 10 years when we look back, I don't know, in the moment, I, I get it. I get it. I get I really it, too. Do. So, I do. And so, you can, so, Perry Manasian can probably sleep at night knowing he didn't trade right. Shohei Otani for right. the next Austin Gomber. You know what I mean? Plus, right. Plus a bunch of other guys as well. Yeah, I'm not saying it's the smartest thing when we look back in 10 years. And we may, we may look back at the end of the season if this team does not end up really going on a sustained run, which may happen, we don't know, and looking back on it and saying, okay, well, you know what, they really should have got something back for Snell and Hader. We'll have that conversation then. Yeah. I, I, I just think you're in it enough, especially after this weekend, where, uh, yes, at bare minimum, I, I think you got to ride this thing out. And here, here's the other part of it, because I, I think – this season, obviously, the very good comparison has been the New York Mets to this team on the West Coast and the Padres. And the Mets, over the last three, four days, have gone in the complete opposite direction. Okay, When they traded David Robertson, I mean, that was them going into sell mode. They got two young prospects back, position-playing prospects. Uh, they make the Scherzer trade. They get you know Ronald Acuna Jr.'s brother, who's a, a top prospect. And, and all those guys they got back, could be great, but I'll tell you, I mean, you know, I, I've been a little bit confused on what they've done, and, and those guys they, can, they got back could be great, um, but for a team that, like, is desperate for pitching to not get any pitching back when I assume you're trying to go win a title again next year and you're going to spend a lot of money next year and this idea that they may trade Verlander, like, to me, it was very easy for everybody to say, like, oh, Max Scherzer is done. He's he's cooked. You know what? He just threw seven scoreless innings yeah. the other night. Like, like he, okay, so he's not the guy you signed to be your ace. But he's let's, let's view him as a middle-of-the-rotation type of guy. Like, the idea of trading him and then maybe even trading Verlander, who, who is pitching for you next season? So, I don't know. And then to get return back that doesn't include any – anything close to major league ready pitching and, and a couple of the guys are a ways away. The Acuna is closer. He's at double a already. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't totally understand what they've done. Um, and again, those guys they traded for in, in five years, we may look back on it and say, wow, remember that, that Robertson trade, that Scherzer trade, that was amazing. Right. I mean, you could have a Fernando Tatis Jr. Type player come back in the trade, but um, you know, if, if I'm a fan, I would I would prefer my team to 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 
probably take the approach the Padres are going to take in the next 24 hours and add a little bit and at the very least stand pat than what the Mets did in the in the last few days and, and give your team a chance. And I just, I don't know, I, I, I understand this is not a New York radio station, but I, look, they've been a good comparison for they them have. all year. Yeah, they absolutely have. Reasons. And I, I've been a little bit confused uh, uh, with what they've done. At the same time, look, they've got endless money to spend. So, hey, you need pitching. If you need to go, you know, sign three starting pitchers in the offseason because you traded Scherzer and Verlander, you can do that. You know, they're in a unique spot, but... Um, you know, it's a very different way of going about it, about it than what the Angels and the Padres did. Last thing for me, Sammy, uh, fairly good news on Wado's MRI this, this weekend, and then cautiously optimistic about Hassan Kim's recovery. But how does the status of those two guys in your mind change the equation? If they feel like Kim's going to be out for longer than expected, you get more aggressive or do you get less aggressive going, hey, let's not even put more resources in. Now we know one of our table setters, the guy who's really been driving this recent run, might be out right. for a while. Which way do you go if the news is bad? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think first, just quickly on Soto, I mean, I, I don't, you know, it's funny. I, I have an injury report every day, right? I have not put his finger MRI into that injury report every day because until – until he or Bob Melvin says that it's a real big issue, now it's an issue enough where he went to get the MRI, but we have not received indication that it's something that is going to keep him out for some amount of time this season. He missed that one game the other day, didn't start the one game, but it seemed like something they wanted to get a handle on, you know, what was going on, but it's something that's not going to, to keep him out throughout the rest of this season, which is good. So it, it still seems like that's something that's not, um, all that pressing or serious, even though, yes, when he takes a swing and then he has to get seen by the trainer and, and, you know, has to get, you know, take a minute. Yeah, it doesn't look great. It doesn't make you feel great. Uh, with Kim, I guess we'll see today. I mean, I thought the news yesterday after the game was probably as good as you could have hoped. You didn't hear the word, uh, dislocation, anything like that, which I think we all feared as he's walking off the field holding his shoulder. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you, Ben. I, I think. You know, if he's going to be out, and who knows, for, for an extended period of time, and what is extended? Is that a week? Is that two weeks? Is that more? Um, I would think it would make you, if you are going to add on to this roster, would make you more aggressive to maybe go and get another bat, and a bat that could DH and or play first base, where then Jake Cronenworth could play second base for a little bit. Um, I would think, and, and you guys had the conversation earlier, because you could just stand pat and not really do anything and say, hey, guys, we believe in you. Go get them. But I think there's a strong argument to be made that if you're not going to sell the pieces, that standing pat is also not totally an option because it's then like, okay, if we're going for it, let's get a little help at bare minimum. Um, at the same time, and look, I, I – I, I would really like to see the Padres hold on to these top prospects like a Merrill, like a, uh, a Dylan Lesko, like, you know, uh, an Iriarte in the minor leagues. I mean, you know, a number of the guys, some of the young hitters that have done well, like I would hope that Ethan Salas is untouchable. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the back to the Kim part of it, you know, if he's out for an amount of time, I, I would think that makes you a little bit more aggressive, but I, I would just love to see it be cautious, uh, aggressiveness and a piece here or there because I, I really don't have a problem with the most part saying to this group, okay, we, we didn't, we didn't, 
move Snell. We didn't move Hader. We believe in this group. We'll give you a reliever. Maybe we'll give you a bat that doesn't cost much. Go get him. Let's see if we can go do this thing. I, I don't have a problem with that, but um, I do want this farm system to start uh, having some stability and these guys start getting to the major leagues because I think when you talk about the long-term success of this organization, um, they need those guys to develop and contribute at the major league level like some other teams have done. And, and uh, we see those teams having sustained success now for a number of years. Sammy Lovett will be back in six hours and 45 minutes with another Padres pregame show at 440 this afternoon. Sam, thank you very much. Don't forget about the trade deadline special. That's right. tomorrow, tomorrow. We'll all be together at 2 o'clock. Looking forward to seeing you. Yeah, right. man. Thank you. Sam Lovett right. on our Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet. Find new roads.